almost the weekend again, and I am joined by pro gamer Joe Tool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I am once again joined by um, lead king of kings and um, <laughs> ruler of all jewels, uh, oh, Darian. Boy. Oh boy, it's it's good to be here on a lazy Saturday morning. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, as a heads up, this one may be more unhinged and meandering than previous episodes, if that's even possible. Yeah, um, 100%. We're both in a, in a state at the moment. My mind is in, in too many places, and poor Darian is suffering as well, so. Yeah, for for the sake of the audience, just pretend we're spectacularly hungover. That, yeah, that, that's good. That should do that's it. better. Yeah, <laughs> that would work better. Hopefully you're listening to this on a train with the rain slipping down the window and mm -hmm. you can just zone out because that's yep. where we're at. Yep. Yeah. So Joe, Joe, how have you been? I've been well. Um, the week went pretty quickly again. Um, you're doing like, like a speed run of 2020. I, it definitely feels that way. It's like my, my birthday is like next week. Yeah. Like, it's wild. I, I thought it was still February, but here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was pretty chill, actually. I played some some more Elden Ring. I've been playing Hunt again. I think I mentioned Hunt to you in one of the earlier episodes. Yeah, yep. Um, some people from the office, so that's been real fun. Oh, um, cool. We... Oh, the studio that I work for... Um, the the game that they released a few like a while ago now called Artful Escape won a BAFTA yesterday so that's yeah. very exciting for everyone dude congrats that's huge yeah thanks man uh, BAFTA I mean I only like I've said in the previous episodes I only contributed a little bit but it still feels good to have you know my hands on the on the BAFTA even if it is just like a, a couple of pinky fingers just like lightly brushing the edge of it it's still, <laughs> it's still a nice a nice vibe yeah and and you're you're in for for good now though you've got that you're in the studio so like that's right it's, it's nice having that kind of success of the last game to give you some momentum for the next one totally totally apparently as well with baftas you uh, you can get easier sponsorship to travel overseas like if you wanted to go work remotely in like japan or something and oh. you needed to have like um you know the ability to fly there just just for on a work visa having a bafta allows you to do this apparently Oh wow, that's that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that you. May, this is also just TSA. I don't know if this is true or not. I could be completely wrong, but right. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not going to look bad on the application. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I expect to just be able to walk through the the gates at the airport, just completely <laughs> naked, screaming <laughs> BAFTA at the top of my lungs, and then they let me on the plane and go where I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a system in place for that totally. specific purpose. <laughs> it's happened before, it'll happen again. Anyway, how have you been doing this week? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I've, uh, I've, I've started doing some, some writing, um, some like, uh, I, I, it's a far cry from video game journalism, but just doing some introspectives on some games I played recently. Um, <sighs> yeah. I, I wrote a script for like a blasphemous video that I'd love to do. Oh, as in like a YouTube essay style thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that would be amazing. Yeah, and I'm I'm writing one for for Elden Ring now. So, I've I've never really done 
much video editing, so I'm kind of keen to to just jump in and give it a crack and and see how it goes. Awesome, um, man. Yeah, so it's been good to do something productive. Um, but otherwise, I started playing uh, Disco Elysium, yep. and oh Classic. my god, oh yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, <laughs> I I saw I saw Phoebe play through a a lot of the first half. Uh, back back when it came out on Switch. Uh, so I've kind of been wanting to forget what happened so I could, you know, yeah. have my own experience. And it's it's just awesome. And I've I've chosen a, a pretty different set of skills than yep. Phoebe did. So I'm getting a lot of prompts and dialogue options that I didn't see in her playthrough anyway. Yeah. Yep. So yep. it's oh, it it feels really good. I'm only a couple of hours in so i definitely have that recency bias up the wazoo but <laughs> i'm very keen to to keep it going hell yeah man i mean um so the video essay thing that's that's rad do you are there any video essay people that you look up to or that you've been watching um yeah so like i i really enjoy donkey's dunk view videos yeah. Um, they're like short and sweet and to the point, and he often has um, good observations around how the game he's talking about could be improved. And I'm I'm all about that when it comes to to video essay stuff. Is is not just like breaking down what's already there, but yeah. having ideas around you know the next entry in the series, what could be done better, what yeah. maybe could be left behind, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. but I, I started doing the, I started writing the, the Elden Ring script just because when I finished it, I started, um, watching videos about it and seeing what people were saying. And I've got a lot of opinions that I haven't really seen. So yeah. I, I was like, oh, I might just give this a go and, and see, you know, it's, it's been fun to write, but we'll see if it's fun to record and, and edit and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. but the, the whole playthrough, I was recording footage. Um, so I've got like three hours of, of footage there that I can hopefully turn into 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so I, I want to point you in two directions for some neat reference to potentially set you on your way a little bit just oh, with yeah. regards to the video editing and, and presentation part. Yeah. Um, Eurothug. Uh, she's a um, New Zealand YouTuber and she um, did a whole bunch of really great stuff with Death Stranding when it came out, but she's oh. also got heaps of other videos that are really neat little, um, they're all, they're all varied topics. You know, it's like games, indie games that I played in 2021 and stuff like mm -hmm. just go through all her favorite stuff. And, um, and the other one I want to point you, and sorry, and her um, editing style is really nice, gentle feeling like, um, it's a it's like a warm hug style video. <laughs> oh, you feel very at home. Yeah, when you watch great. videos, that's great. And uh, the other one is Tim Rogers, who I've mentioned to you before. He is he's the one who did like the 14, 20 hour long video essay on Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Whoa! Which, is, which had to be uploaded in like five or six different parts to wow. YouTube. Yeah, that each is... one's like six hours long. Or something. Yeah, it's it's he is a freak. Um, but he has some shorter versions or shorter videos and um, editing styles, which I think you may find uh, enjoyable. Uh, they may tickle you a little bit as well. 
Cool. Well, I've I've got beginner's mind when it comes to this stuff. You know, I'm I'm yep. ready to just be like torn down to the ground and shredded apart so that I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's always like yeah. The the first thing you always make is always going to be a little bit um, challenged and like uh, all sorts of things you learn after doing the thing first. But yeah, I, I always love like especially with these guys, they do such a great job of. Um, of the video essay format, I think. Because some, some video essay form I was watching one on the Dark Souls series the other day on the train. Oh, yeah. And it, and it was fine, but it was, like, so dry. Like, so dry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you got to walk that line, you know? Well, that's, that's... I think that's what is making it interesting for me to write is because I usually come at these things with so much humour. Mm. But what I've written so far is filled with criticism and so i'm trying to not be too whiny and you know highlight what the game did well but also highlight all the things i think the game failed at doing yeah um and yeah it's it's just been a really interesting um phenomenon to see the release of elden ring and see how praised it's been and it it feels like it's on this untouchable pedestal and mm-hmm. in in Dunkey's video and there's another channel I watch sometimes uh a girlfriend reviews she did yes. she did an Elden Ring video as well and when they both had criticisms they said we're going to be lynched for this but it needs to be said and it's just like yeah. man I hate that like they they had like one or two criticisms and i've got 20 (laughs) yeah i i I think um i think it's a really good game but i i think it's uh it's a game that isn't ambitious and it's quite basic in a lot of ways yeah yeah i'm keen to talk with you about it and i'm also keen to see that video essay when it comes out um i mean prepared to get tacked i mean like (laughs) (laughs) yeah no well I'm, i'm i'm up for that i'm up for that yeah i think yeah We'll see. I, I might. It might be a one and done scenario. <laughs> Potentially, yeah, yeah. You should uh, upload it under a um, pseudonym or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, ho- hopefully, uh, it's it's ready by the time the the Elden Ring spoiler cast comes out that we do, and it can totally kind of go side by side. Yeah, hell yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah. What a good week then for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shall um, we uh, dive into this week's? topic oh yeah yeah hit me so we're gonna we're gonna talk about difficulty this week um and i kind of like how we've got each of these topics listed just as the core concept like it's not difficulty in video games or yeah something more specific it's just difficulty (laughs) yeah yeah Um, i think the only episode is number two that's got music's interactive role in video game video games and you know that's that's us beginner's mind. We're still still working out the brand, all that kind of crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, do you want to kick us off with this one, or do you want me to just start yapping? I mean, I just I I want to get um to a rant state of mind as quickly as possible. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, look, for me, difficulty is such a broad and like branching topic right like inside of video games difficulty has had like a like a history and it's also got like a um 
like a modern implication, a, a modern, what would you call it? Um, well, set of things. Sorry, you want to jump in? Yeah. Well, one, one of the prompts we've got are around self-imposed challenges and right. that, and that's, that's another seven topics on its own because yeah. they're, uh, swathes of communities and initiatives like, um, you know, speed running for charity and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much that have come out of self-imposed challenges. Um, and I think, I, I don't know how much time we want to spend on that today, but I find myself leaning towards self-imposed challenges with games I'm familiar with. Like yep. it, it really offers something fresh to an experience I already love. And the fact that other people have taken this to such an extreme level, you know, looking at Super Mario 64 speedrunners and just, just any game where um, they basically allow for glitches and that kind of thing. I just think it's an insanely creative and difficult way uh, to, to enjoy a game that's already been played and done over a thousand times yeah do we see this kind of thing pop up in other mediums like even in board games i guess there may be like just to like go one level above games or mm. removed from games do you, do you know any board games that have like self-imposed difficulty challenges i know there's like some that they change the rules for like monopoly or like you know or whatever but i don't really see it being done in the same way in other mediums at all yeah that's that's a good point like um, I guess the would you, only... Would you say, only... like, difficulty is, like, unique to video games, <laughs> in a way? Uh, yeah, well, it's, I think it's unique to games. So, mm. um, you know, sports and personal bests, uh, you know, when it comes to athletics, like, all, all of this kind of stuff rings true with self-imposed challenges and, like, trying to get a, a better performance from yourself. I suppose I mean more like um, consumable media, you know, like books, TV, television. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess the, the there are self-imposed challenges around, like, movies and books. Like, I'm trying to read 36 books this year, for example, yeah. and that's, that's kind of a challenge, I guess, but yeah. I also just love reading. Yeah. But, so it's... It, it's a challenge on paper, but it's not really a challenge. <laughs> it's an easy challenge. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, it's interesting. And then, like, I guess they could also be difficult to watch movies, you know, like challenging topics or whatever. Or there's people who do, like, movie marathons. Oh, um, yeah, like all the all the Lord of the Rings in one go and stuff like that. Yeah, or, like, watching The Room or, like, you know, those shit movies can be, like, a challenge <laughs> to get through, you know, like... yeah. Grading I, I, on like a mental level. I think the distinction is that a lot of those challenges are passive. Whereas mm -hmm. I I I mean I guess I can attempt a Mario 64 speed run, but it's gonna it's gonna be a garbage <laughs> result. Like yeah, it, yeah. it takes a lot of effort and practice and discipline to be yeah. able to enter that community and have something decent to offer. So, yeah, I think you just, like, touched on something now. See if I can hang on to the thread, right? So, in games, there's self-imposed challenges that are that come with a bunch of rules, right? Or, or like, a, a learning curve. Mm -hmm. So, in the case of Mario 64 speedruns, you can't really jump in and try and do a 16-star speedrun in Super Mario 64 unless you know the strats have how to do 
the speed run for 16 stars right like you can you can attempt to just go and find 16 stars in any order you like i guess um but it's not even considered a true 16 star i think if you do different stars i think in order to be qualified to do the 16 star speed run you need to do like the right ones right well i imagine it's just so optimized at this stage that even if you were to find 16 alternate stars your time wouldn't even be close to that's right yeah whatever the standard might be yeah that that's part of it for sure and then there's also like so contrast to that there's also just difficulty imposed by the video game right so like the nature of the speed run is also potentially enhanced with Mario 64 speedrun by um, particular strats that are like hard to do within Mm. the framework of the video game, you know, like doing this specific controller move is like made easier by like using an old school controller or something, for instance, you know, stuff like that as well is also a different type of difficulty, which I I wanted to talk about, which was like form factor difficulty. So, you know, the game Quop or Clop? Yeah, that's like where each key of the keyboard is a different hoof of a horse or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, quap. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a it's another Bennett Foddy one. He did um, Getting Over It. Have you played Getting Over It as well? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't played e- either of those games, but yeah. I, I know of them. That's like the, yeah. the boulder one, right? Like yeah, he's in yeah. a boulder. <laughs> yeah. He's in a big pot. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like just the actual manoeuvring of the mouse in such a way that it makes it challenging to, to perform the tasks inside the game. Yeah. And so there's like, yeah, that's a, a different kind of angle on difficulty, which is also, I think, kind of unique to video games. Mm. If we're talking about consumable media only. I mean, you can try to play a game of hockey with like toothpicks or whatever, and that makes it supremely challenging. <laughs> I mean, some of the, some of the difficulty challenges that people like the speed runs and stuff, I think that's akin to playing hockey with toothpicks. You, you know, <laughs> when I see someone do like a Sekiro speed run and they, they beat the game in, in 20 minutes. I think the, the world record is like 19 minutes and 59 seconds now. Yeah. Um, wow. And and it's just insane. You look at that yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, I could I could practice every day for a year and, and maybe try and do that. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. such an intensely specific set of skills that you need to master yeah yeah and Um, then there's like a different kind of difficulty on there as well like i feel like we're sort of going up with um speed runs a lot but i don't think speed runs are necessarily the main part of why games are difficult or like i I mean they're they're an aspect of it right but they're self-imposed things and i think there's like the other part of it as well which has nothing to do with speed runs which is just like the difficulty of the game yeah which is like a really abstract thing so so do you think games without difficulty settings are more enjoyable? And I don't mean like no difficulty settings. I mean like Mario 64 doesn't have an an easy, medium or hard. It's it's just it's just a platforming game and like all the levels are the same and and there's nothing you can change compared to say like Wolfenstein where it's got or Halo where it's got, you know, four difficulties. Do you yep. do you prefer a game without difficulty settings or or with them? Um, I think that's tricky because there's different types of games which some lend themselves really well to needing a difficulty setting and other ones uh, do not. You know, so like right. 
platformers as an example with mario or you know even other platformers like um what i'm thinking of meat boy and celeste and um well other platformers Ma- right Ma- meat boy is is a- an interesting concept because unlike mario it's got a dark world section yep so optional. You, yeah so you can you can play through the levels that are there or you can ramp up the difficulty and play Dark World, which is way more challenging. And it's the same skeleton of the level, but there's like a thousand more buzz saws or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like again, there's another. We, we were like sort of. I feel like we're pulling the layers away from the clay to reveal the difficulty face. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think I think um, there's like the difficulty of the design right like in the case of meat boy doing dark world stuff mm-hmm. and then there's the difficulty of like a setting so like you know the amount of health or something like that so there's like which also could be arguably design as well maybe this is where it gets a little bit more tricky yeah well it i think inherently difficulty based on scaling is more lazy than other okay. types of difficulty curves so you had someone designed those dark world meatball levels, you know, they decided to put the buzzsaws here and, and create this meatball meat boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> we're, we're hung over. Remember, give us a break. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, meatball boy, those, had someone those designed those. Yep. Yeah. Someone designed those levels where uh, for the, for the Witcher three, um, you know, the hardest difficulty setting is just the enemies have more health, they do more damage, and you do less damage, and, and that's it. Mm. That That's mm-hmm. all that changes when you change the difficulty. Um, but there's, again, another element that, that complicates things more, which is within the structure of the game, there are all these ways to give yourself, like, a better chances during combat that don't really have that much of an effect on, say, mm-hmm. normal mode. So yeah. when I first started playing The Witcher 3, I played on, you know, whatever the default mode was, normal. Um, mm-hmm. And I got 10 hours in and I just thought that this, like I wasn't experiencing all that the game had to offer. And I started again and played it on Death's March or whatever the nightmare difficulty is called. And mm-hmm. it was just a hundred times more satisfying. I was effectively forced to use the potions to have a chance. Yep. And, and so it made everything else in the game more meaningful. So yep. I, it, it was really important that I had the ingredients to make the potions. Otherwise, otherwise it was just legitimately going to be a pain in the ass to get through certain areas or do certain things. And that's what I, I loved about that experience, even though in reality, that harder difficulty is just, like I said, more health and more damage to the enemies and you do less. Yes. Yeah, I think there's an interesting thing that we're coming up against here again is balance, the difference between difficulty and balance. Mm, so Yeah, in, okay. In, yeah. So in um, the case of The Witcher saying how like you know the enemies do more damage to you and you do less and they have more health i would argue that there's actually uh, maybe this is a little bit of a weird one so i'm gonna 
this is not even a true argument because uh, I don't really believe it. No, take let's me on a ride, for the baby. Sake of the argument, yeah, for the sake of the argument, I would say that in the case of the witch's enemies, the difficulty has nothing to do with how much health or how much damage you do or how much the enemy damage does. It's got to do with the way that you control the character and know how to manage yourself in combat. Everything else is balance. Oh, I see. So you can you can give that enemy one HP and he can give you 100 HP. But if the way that the enemy moves around and it's so hard to hit that, you know, it makes it like you can never really hit them because they're so flighty, mm-hmm. they're going to chip away at your damage a hundred times, you know, doing one damage each time until you die and you're never going to hit them. So that's just, it's inherently more challenging. But the balance mm. is skewed in your favor. Yeah, okay. All what right. What do you think about that? Well, to, <laughs> to counterpoint that, yeah. what if we take something like the last of us 2 yeah. where the intelligence of the enemy is literally a difficulty setting and you can turn up their their ai abilities in a menu yeah like this is so abstract now yeah <laughs> but it's it it's yeah it blurs the line between balance and difficulty because it's giving you so much more control than games have offered in the past yes historically it, it is a scaling change when you when you ramp up the difficulty i think very few games offer uh, a, a difference in design like in super meat boy or like you know a, a more specific change in the way that you experience the game so in games like the last of us 2 and in um dead cells like yep. The, the difficulty change in Dead Cells is just brutal. So, you know, you you start that game off and I think the default setting is hard because it's a pretty hard game. And you get used to the enemies and their movesets and, and you beat the game and you unlock the next difficulty setting and you're like, great. And you go to these biomes that you're familiar with, but there are brand new enemies and some of the old enemies have new movesets. And oh. It, it's it it's not just a scaling thing which happens as well but it's it's like both it's it's a design thing as well like it changes everything against you um and then as you as you beat the game again and and you keep unlocking difficulty settings and finally you unlock nightmare and there's a whole new mechanic introduced where um there's this disease called the malaise on the island and there's like a lot of law around the malaise and how it br- basically brought the the castle there to ruin mm-hmm. um but on nightmare you're infected with the malaise and if you get hit 10 times you die regardless of right. how much health you have and there are you know there's turkey in the wall like in castlevania um and some of the food, like some of the healing items that you can use in the game are infected with the malaise. <laughs> oh, so you might, mm. you might have to make this call where, you know, you're infected with the malaise one out of 10, but you're really low health. So yeah. you want to heal your health and get more malaise. And it's like this, you know, there's this strategy in managing both of, of those things to, to get yep. to the end incredible so yeah that's such a beautiful example um i think this is like why chess certain moves in chess are kind of beautiful right oh yeah like 
I'm thinking moves like um, discovered checks or like forking. So you know oh, how like you 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 gotta you gotta talk to me, bro. I'm a ch- I'm a chess noob. Okay, okay. So um, let's say we'll do forking because it's kind of an easier concept to understand, especially um, with chess. Mm-hmm. So you know, with the knight, how it moves in like an L shape. Mm-hmm. If you move it up into a certain position um, on the opponent's end of the board, you can fork between like the queen and the rook, for example. Oh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. And so they are forced into a position where they have to lose one of their pieces and they have yeah. to make a call if they lose their uh, their queen, um, that, that might be more valuable because it puts them in a better better position to like win the game eventually or they're just going to lose the rook because it's a lower value piece. But it, either way, it's like a bad position to be in mm. to get forked two ways. Mm-hmm. There's other positions where you can fork with because the you know all the pieces like can move in omnidirections you know like the, the the bishop can also move diagonal left right up and down. Yep. You can fork um, with the knight or the bishop the player uh, the, your opponent in three ways. And I think with the knight you can actually fork your opponent in four ways. I think it's called like a four way fork or something. And it's like incredible. <laughs> like you shouldn't be able to do this. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. You really, you really give them like no, no choice. And I like, I really like that as like an element of design. And I, I was thinking about it as you were talking just then because there's like the way they introduce malaise as a, um, it's almost like a risk versus reward or like a, it's more complicated than that though, right? Because it's like an ongoing challenge that's what i mean by like the the initial example of forking where you choose to lose your queen instead of your rook even though it's a high value piece because it might position you better to win the game in the end yeah like, yeah you that choose, style stuff is yeah you choose to have like more malaise but also more health because it's yes. probably going to give you that ability to take another hit or two yeah yeah i really like that aspect of design and and difficulty and and there's sort of like a nice mixing of the two which mm. i think doesn't necessarily have much to do with balance i think i think balance is a bit tricky right because balance balance is threaded so um intricately into this into difficulty and into design like you can't really have one without the other i don't think i think that even in the case of meat boy there's still an amount of balance that's being done yeah i i would honestly find it harder to talk about the balance in meat boy versus the balance in say you know, an RPG or, or dead cells or whatever, just because platformers are, are so specifically designed and there's, there's nothing to scale. Yeah. Um, it, it is just about really your ability to move the character and like how, <laughs> how proficient you are yeah. at uh, channeling the, the silky precision of the crab. <laughs> so maybe the balance comes in with, a mixture of things i know uh, i agree with you but just to continue along this argument line of um mm-hmm. of balance being intertwined mm. in the case of um quop or um getting over it the balance comes in with the fact that the form factor that you're using is suboptimal right like you, right. if you were able yeah. to control the pot man much easier by using like two mice or something i don't know just, just run with me here yeah yeah but it made the game easier then that would be a form of balance potentially and same with um quop like if it actually gave you the the ability to control the horse instead of not <laughs> that would kind of be a type of balance as well i don't think that's a strong argument i think i think you might be right i think platformers and in and games like getting over it have no balance right well they it just defeats the purpose of the game they'd be a lot less enjoyable 
Yeah. Like if 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 you could control the horse in in Quop or Clop or whatever it's called, yeah, that'd be the most boring game ever. You're just walking <laughs> you a, just horse. Walk a horse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I I think that would be a kind of fun game. <laughs> no, no, sorry, we're uh, we're not buying that idea. Get off, get off the stage. <laughs> horse game. Um, but I do like that difficulty can be tied to something as abstract as making the controls wacky or, or yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, I, I really love a game called Heave Ho on the Switch, oh, yeah. which is like a multiplayer game where um, you're a dude with two arms and all you can do is is grab on and let go. And you've got to get all of you to the end of the stage and you're like, you know, making these chain links and using momentum to swing yourself around. And because the controls are a little whack, it's just so fun and funny because yeah. the, I don't know, just the, the concept of like helping your friend and having this intention to do something with your character on the screen and something completely different happening because the controls are bad. Like it's, it's hilarious. And it's just like, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's a great type of challenge. You feel good after you beat it. And it's funny when you don't beat it. Like it just, yeah. it's, it's really satisfying either way. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I think um, to go back to your original question, like, would I um do I enjoy games that have a difficulty setting? Mm. I think um I think I prefer I don't I don't think I have a preference, but I think it's like it's a fun thing to toy with. Like I think what we've just been doing, like talking about the difference between like design difficulty with with um with stuff like Meat Boy, like there's no balance in Meat Boy, it's just mm-hmm. it's just design, raw design. Mm-hmm. And then like the Witcher with with balance and being able to scale enemies' health and damage and your own damage and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there's like an, uh, a sweet spot. I think the sweet spot is with games like Dead Cells and the ability to have, you know, that beautiful design aspect of of having things that influence other things. You know, when mm-hmm. when balance starts to starts to inter- intertwine itself a little bit more heavily with with um with balance and design like when those two sort of link hands <laughs> mm, it becomes yeah. it starts to like really sing in a way that i think games that just do um that just do design like meat boy um don't have and games that just do balance like you know most rpgs um yep yep don't do as well yeah yeah well i i think the, the one thing we've missed when it comes to, you know, deciding which might be more enjoyable between a game with difficulty settings and a game without is that the experience you get, I feel, when you play a game like Dark Souls is a, a much more curated experience and, and you really feel like you're in the palms of the designers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love that idea that everyone has the same experience when they play this game. Like they, they all, uh, you know, verse that first Taurus dude or, or the big demon yep. that lands on the bridge 
Um, or, or they might not actually, if they, if they totally go the wrong way, but like <laughs> most, most people have that experience and it's just like, I like when you can share those moments with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to counter that argument, <laughs> I, I also don't give a shit if you play with a mod where you do like 10 times more damage. Right. <laughs> you know? So like, yeah. maybe I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I like, okay, what, what about, I know we've talked about Hades a lot, but, okay. but what about Hades where it's like Dark Souls? It doesn't have any difficulty settings. However, there's a God mode option. And what that does is every time you die, you permanently get a defense buff and, and that defense buff creeps up in increments, you know, every time you die. And that feels like an elegant way to give everyone the Taurus demon experience, but people get to choose whether they, they, they go in, they go in raw and, and embrace the challenge or if, you know, they want to have a more casual experience and, and just, have a more you know breezy fun time yeah yeah um i I think the hades example is a little bit more graceful Mm. but i also think it's only graceful if the person is enjoying the game already (laughs) like if you if you scale your defense each time you die you Mm -hmm. aren't you're gonna have to die a bunch of times in order for the game to adjust to your difficulty level and if you don't Mm -hmm. enjoy dying or you're not enjoying the game in, in the first place and that that version of of accessibility is not uh it doesn't encompass the full spectrum of people who may still want to enjoy the game yeah, mm, yeah okay yep so i think it's it's it is it is more graceful potentially than just a slider in a in a menu but it's mm. also you know it doesn't it doesn't do everything <laughs> it's it's not a, a total solution yeah yeah which is I fine guess. you know we don't need to have total solutions all the time we this is we're humans we're playing things made by humans <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it, we're not like ultimate beings floating through space as like you know we're, we're just chilling doing our best man <laughs> yeah a, a, a lot of us are doing our best and and <laughs> you know you went on that rant last week about the last of us 2 and all the settings mm-hmm. available and that that really does feel like something worthy of praise like that that really yes. does feel like it's going in the right direction and there are a few things that games are doing at the moment where um a, a game makes a choice and you start to see it in in another game and you're like oh man that feels like progression mm-hmm. like um you know in the latest animal crossing there there are no genders it's it's just like a, a masculine body type and a feminine body type and, and mm-hmm. there are no labels and that just feels yeah. great. It feels really inclusive and, and that is, is going to matter to some people and, and that feels great. And then you, in, in a completely different genre, you see Elden Ring do the same thing. You know, when mm. you, when you choose your character, you choose between body types. You don't, you don't choose between male and female. Yeah. And that's just like a change that doesn't really cost the developer anything to implement. And I think that's, that's progression in in a sense that like as as an industry like we we get to start expecting these kind of improvements a bit more yes yeah yeah totally yeah i mean and i think the more we talk about accessibility as well the more it becomes relevant right like there's um 
some the stuff stuff happens with this is so abstract now but the stuff happens bro with i thought i thought challenge like i thought difficulty was going to be so easy and we are just all over the place this is this no. is like <laughs> I, I actually think we've stayed on topic really well this time um, oh, okay but, all right but yeah this this is going off topic this to respond to what you were talking about that something happens with language and when people start talking about things openly and more frequently right like it becomes part of the world you know you know and it's like in, in this really weird not not intentional way right like the, the zeitgeist just, yeah the zeitgeist which i don't like using that word but like the, the <laughs> yeah, it is that it's like the the ether you know like if there's enough of particular type of words uh, i like i like using the term words because like that's just how we express ourselves you know like we uh, we say stuff and then you know we uh, as long as people keep saying stuff it it tends to trend in that direction usually right yeah. And so with accessibility, I feel like with in recent times, more people talking about it and more people asking of devs and devs doing doing this sort of stuff, you get you get more discussion about it and it becomes like this sort of self-sustaining machine, right? Where it's just like, you know, gender is no longer a thing in video games. It's just body type, to use that example. Or difficulty becomes um, something that's not just based purely on um, balance, but more on... You know more elegant solutions like the one in hades or last of us you know like the more that this starts to become discussed and talked about and implemented the more we start to, to see it yeah definitely as long as we have a, a healthy amount of criticism like i i don't think complacence does anything for anyone <laughs> you know i think i think uh becoming maladaptive or just safe rather than um provoking change i don't think is a, a very exciting way to live yes uh look if if we're looking for a place with criticism i think you've you've gone to the wrong place there's no criticism inside of video games this is the land of <laughs> where people are happy with the things that they play all the time every time they play it <laughs> oh my god yeah it's yeah <laughs> when when um, we were talking about this last week, I was thinking about games where I've I've stopped playing because the difficulty's been too high. Mm -hmm. But I I I've also stopped playing because the difficulty has been too low, okay. or or the the overall challenge has lost its uh like you know the honeymoon period is over. Yep. and 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 it's time to stop and like for me those games are like animal crossing um which again is a game like that recent one i've got 200 hours in it yeah wow. but eventually eventually it just peters off because it's a game that is like it doesn't really have any challenges it's it's mm -hmm. everything is self imposed because you get to decide how you want your town to look if you want to build a town at all like mm. it's it's kind of like a a boiled down version of the sims you know with the sims you've got a lot more variety and many more options to uh you know in influence the the people in that world with the kind of houses they live in and if they can get out of the bathroom or or not but yeah it's another area of self-imposed challenges that 
aren't really challenges at all. Yeah. It's it's almost like the game is saying you've you've got to determine how you make fun yes. in, in this world, you know. We've created the world, but you've got to do the rest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Animal Crossing actually struggles with that quite a lot. And and the only thing that maybe not the only thing, but I think one of the main things that keeps it afloat is the um social aspect of it. <clears throat> yeah. And and also there's like which which is so disappointing because the social aspect is bungled in so many ways in that game. Oh, um, I mean, it's just Nintendo being shit at anything yeah. that requires an internet connection. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish I, dude, imagine if you could just drop by your friend's island at any time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's just so much basic shit that, that yeah. again, that game fails at. Like, all the menus and yeah. not being able to craft multiple items at once. Like, oh, my God. There's, there's just... Like, the, the game... The... <laughs> I don't want to it get asks, too... <laughs> It asks so much of you yeah. and gives very little in return. Yeah, um, but but like when it first came out, and maybe maybe you know, it it came out literally the the second or third week Melbourne was in lockdown. Yeah, and yeah. so for us, I feel like it came out at that beautiful time where we were just yeah. like, yes, escapism. Yes, I want to meet my friendly cow dudes and build them a fence. Like, yes, yes. you know, that's all my brain can handle right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's a game for a time that we experienced very specific such mm. a specific point in taking history mm. whereas you know if you if we were to go to it without the coronavirus pandemic happening you would i think it would have done maybe it wouldn't have done as well but uh, i personally i would think it would have done quite poorly because that game asked so much of you yeah you 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 underestimate the animal crossing clan the new, yeah the, yes the, but the, i would say very those... people don't mind being asked a whole lot of because that's what they love <laughs> they love that <laughs> style of shit <laughs> they'll put up with anything yeah well it's a, it's it's kind of like a time wasting thing right yes like yeah that's that's a that's a weird thing to go into as well like video games and time wasting because mm-hmm. there there are definitely games i play like elden ring where i'm like this is this is not a waste of time for me like and and just quickly i mm-hmm. think just on a personal level, no matter what you're doing, if you can get some enjoyment out of it, I don't think it's a waste of time yeah, as long as yeah. it's like not harming anyone or harming yourself too much. Yeah. But, but <laughs> when, when I, when I think about Elden Ring specifically, like it, it offers a lot for you to concentrate on. Like there's, you know, all the RPG mechanics, damage output, balance, move sets, law like that you know there's just so much in there where in a game like animal crossing like especially the older iterations that it 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 felt like a game specifically designed for the 15 minutes while you wait for the bus or something like it's not it's it's just it it asks so much of you and it doesn't respect your time at no. all. Yeah. And yep. so carving out dedicated time to play a game like that does feel a bit weird. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. So it, and it's such a strange contrast, you know? It's like this really cute little game where, like, there's no challenge. It's just about hanging out with your little villager buddies. 
but every like it doesn't respect your time and so it's like oh you want to craft like more than one thing at one time too bad bitch (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have to sit through this one item at a time it's like oh you want to have a visitor oh too bad you need to like open your gate okay the u gates open okay they can come in but wait no they can't they need the code okay they got the code (laughs) all right now they can come in all right wait a minute though we gotta freeze your whole game for like a minute and a half while we show you this like dumb little cutscene of them flying over the island okay now they're in oh wait no the internet's just dropped out oh (laughs) save files corrupted (laughs) 300 hours of your village are now gone (laughs) fuck you animal crossing yeah yeah it's yeah i i i i don't know what to do with that because i've been on both sides of the argument I've yeah, just same. been in in rapture with my island dudes and the way things are coming together and how efficient I've made my like fruit production and yep. all this kind of stuff. And then as I I ticked over a hundred hours, 120 hours, I'm like, man, I just played for an hour and I yeah. I managed to do shit all. Yeah. <laughs> like I I've hardly accomplished anything and, and eventually it it just didn't offer enough to, to keep me there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it does get to that point. And I think Warframe actually does a similar thing, which is a bit of a hard pivot. Mm-hmm. But speaking of balance and difficulty, that game really struggles with balance and difficulty because there's so many moving elements and moving parts. Right. Um, you know, like gun damage and enemy health and all sorts of like scaling. It's just like this huge complicated machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, it really struggles. And at a certain point in that game, you start to stop seeing um, the enemies as even things. You, they're just like, zeros and ones almost you start to become like neo in the matrix a little bit at at that very point it just becomes really dull it's like uh why am i like like number go up right that good but yeah fun go down you know (laughs) well i mean maybe a bit of a segue here but warframe being an online game like solely multiplayer games have a really interesting problem to correct when it comes to difficulty because when you have a game like overwatch where you only have a team of humans versus another team of humans like you've got all your balance and and gun damage and stuff that you need to work on but otherwise it's a unique situation for a develop a developer to find themselves in because they need to work out how this player who's 13 from australia is evenly matched with this player from Russia who's 57. Like, yep. that's a really interesting problem to have to solve. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think, so there's, there's like brackets, you know, like there's like rankings and all that sort of stuff that they've tried to solve it with. Um, mm. And I think some games do a more elegant job of that than others. Um, I've been playing Hunt recently, like I mentioned at the start, and... That game does a pretty good job at, at keeping higher level players out of your games. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a star rating, so and your stars are persistent. There's no like seasons or anything. Right. And so like as your um, as you get more kills and less deaths, and you start to extract more, you start to gain more stars. 
and so you end up in games with i think it's it's usually a, your star level or uh, and one above and one below but you usually don't get one that's like got two stars above you or three stars above you right yeah the problem is with hunt um is that there's not that there's not like a huge number of players playing and so when you start to get into like the higher you know five six star realm you're fighting the same 12 guys over and over again yeah well i, I was going to say or mention titanfall 2 has that same yeah. problem where it, yeah. it's got a, a ranking system that is um pretty much a, a copy and paste from like modern warfare 2 where you have like a, a number rank which is yeah. one to 70 and then once you get to 70 you can reset it and and then you've got like your you know you've got a title and that title yep. goes up and then you go back to one and you can do one to 70 again yeah but, but when you when you log on to that game and it's got like you know 500 people on the server like you you are a brand new player and you're just thrown against these veterans that yeah. you know, can headshot you from across the map. Yeah. 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 Hunt, Hunt has the same thing. Like you can level up from zero to a hundred and prestige and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Um, prestige. It, that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it also has this sliding difficulty based on deaths and, and victories and stuff, which is, mm. I think is a nice layer on top. Mm. Um, yeah. I wanted to bring up, Factorio, because I was thinking about difficulty. Oh, yeah. I think that game does a really fantastic job of slowly increasing the difficulty over time in, oh. like, multiple different ways. Dude, please stop telling me how good Factorio is. Oh, like, boy. It's, it's just, like, <laughs> the the syringe filled with heroin, like, in the Waiting bottom. on the bench. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just, like, I can only think about it for too long before i have to distract myself otherwise I will, yeah i will go down the path to to try and begin playing that game <laughs> oh i just know uh if we if we start playing that game together it's all over <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah our lives will end our careers yeah. will plunge yeah yeah so look great. okay here, here's what i'll say uh, actually is it out on mac as well like, i always forget um, um I'll, I'll look it up after okay um but yeah, if uh, when I'm done with freelance, I might have to give you Factorio, and we can both delve into the the depths. Oh Jesus! Together. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the Factorio does this really beautiful job of like slowly introducing new elements into the system each each time you sort of reach a point, mm -hmm. um, and the system becomes more and more complicated as you go. But as the system becomes more complicated, your understanding in increases and improves. Mm. And so yeah. you like you're doing this like parallel, really beautifully paralleled difficulty scale along with understanding scale. And I think Dark Souls and those games do a similar thing, right? Mm. Where like yeah. your understanding of the game improves as the difficulty of the enemies increases. Yeah, um, I'd I'd almost argue by the sounds of it that Factorio is a little more graceful in that though, because mm. really, like the difficulty in Dark Souls just comes down to memorization skills and patience like yeah it, it's not so much like i think that there is definitely a, a a plateau where like you know when you first start you are going to improve at playing the game like you know stopping yourself from panic rolling and and you know button mashing and all that kind of stuff but but yeah. once you reach that plateau and you fight a new boss you're not really getting better at the game you're just memorizing the boss's move set 
Yeah. Like you just like, oh yeah, I know what this movie's gonna be and I I'm I'm familiar with the roll button now, so I know when to roll to dodge this attack. And like the more you beat that boss or the more you battle that boss, the 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 better you become at like recognizing when is a good time to strike and when is a good time to back off, when they're gonna do an AoE. Yeah. Um, and and that's like probably the only positive argument that Elden Ring has when it comes to the egregious amount of copy and paste in that game (laughs) like you know when you're battling the 15th urge tree at the bottom of a you know the tree dudes at the bottom of Uh, trees yeah it's just like you know the the damage output they have is all pumped up and so is their health but like a lot of the times you just beat them without getting hit because you're just so familiar with the move set yeah yeah and it's it's something in previous games because those games are more original than Elden Ring, where like you <laughs> have to play through multiple times to to come to that level of proficiency. But yeah, it, right. But it sounds like Factorio is actually introducing more concepts as you go along. Yes, yes, right. that's right. Beautifully said. Yeah, concepts are the things that it brings to you. Right, and that that sounds like yeah, that that just sounds better, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, they're very different games, um, but yeah, they, it, it, I think it is better. Um, there is also something to be said for the way... So I was thinking about balance before, and um, I think Factorio does this really neat thing where it lets you control balance a little bit. Oh, how so? So, so it's sort of like in Warframe, I guess, in a similar way, but there's... um items and upgrades and things like that that you do and even just the way that your factory flows is like all about improving the balance right there's like a balance of resources that are coming in which allow you to do certain things Mm -hmm. and if if you're able to like optimize the flow of resources within the factory your the balance improves Mm, right (laughs) so it's like yeah it's it's maybe a little bit different to like health and stuff like that but um it's it's uh i think it's really neat that they do that Um, yeah yeah, that the way they flow between like here's how you build a conveyor belt into here's how an assembly machine works into like here's how research works mm. and then it's like here's how trains work <laughs> and then it's like here's how oil refinery works and then it's like oh here's how nuclear works and like while you're doing all of this like research becomes more and more complex you need more items to make things that and so your you know your your um conveyor belts need to be upgraded the grabbers that take stuff from the conveyor belts need to be upgraded um Mm. yeah it's just this whole uh, flowing on effect of as things get more complicated so too does the um the initial thing that you built needs to like morph and and adapt right Um, oh that sounds so good (laughs) yeah and it's co-op oh man Uh, yeah Yeah. that just sounds like a great time and and you you did kind of remind me of something there that i don't want to dive too too deep into because we're kind of nearing the end oh yeah too but but like the uh scaling of difficulty as the game goes on so not not scaling as in health and and whatsoever but like the snowballing of difficulty and it it just reminded me of like incentives and how kind of strange it is really like in call of duty when you get a kill streak you get a bonus like you get an ability right to see where other people are on the map or you can like 
save your kill streak and drop bombs or like you know some something to that effect mm. and it's kind of strange because you're rewarding the people that are already winning so that they can do better than they already are yeah and, and it's like i think that's a really weird decision like it kind of yes. makes sense because you want to reward people for doing well but <laughs> like it's it's kind of like capitalism right yeah, like the rich yeah. the, <laughs> the rich get richer and the and the poor get poorer it's yeah. just it's it's a weird it's a weird yes. dichotomy yeah balance is way off uh <laughs> capitalism blizz please nerf um yeah uh, in factorio as well there's like a, the the enemy aliens um scale over time and based on how much um pollution you're making oh so, like yeah your factory starts to put out a heap of pollution depending on which route you end up going you know like electricity or coal or is it like solar and so you can influence how frequently you're attacked by aliens based on you know different things like that and also they get stronger as, as time progresses they get different abilities different alien types it just yeah it's so sick um God, so that that sounds so good so uh yeah shall we shall we jump into the the, the final segment of the day news oh my quick, god quick I, news with joe i forgot about news with joe yeah yeah let, let's do it hell yeah okay so very first uh cab off the rank is the new monkey island game that got announced have you seen this new monkey island wow yeah <laughs> throwback um yeah did you ever play monkey island uh yeah i i never finished it but you know it was just like one of those games that was on the school computer in primary school oh hell yeah yeah, I, I never played it. It was one of those, like, everyone in the games industry has played this game and, and like, it's so highly respected, but I just never, never played it. Yeah, well, I think there are a bunch of games that are pretty similar, to be honest. Like, you know, yeah. those early King's Quest games, um, you know, those those point-and-click point adventure games. Point-and-clicks, yeah. Yeah, they all have, like, a, a similar... Um, kind of thing going on until disco elysium the ultimate oh god yeah. was invented anyway right new monkey island that's cool yes uh, maybe i should finish disco elysium so we can have a, a, a potty episode about it oh bro i mean i just everything no i'm having a great time right now but like everything feels like a waste of time if i'm not playing disco elysium <laughs> that that game really has its tendrils in me yeah, it's great. The writing is just sublime. Oh man, it's just it's just like a, a good book. When yeah, you're reading a good is. book and you're just like, I you know I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat because I just want to stay in this world. You know, yeah, I want to see yep. I want to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, next piece of news is oh the the Monkey Island game is called Return to Monkey Island, and I'll put a trailer in the show notes, and you can go and watch it if you wish. Love that. Um, the next piece of news is Unreal uh, Engine released its official version 5, which is pretty big news in game industry land. Right, um, okay. So that's that's basically a, a brand new technology canvas for studios to make games with, right? Correct. Yeah, it's, it's only brand new in the version. So it's been around for a long time. Unreal Engine has been, has been very um, persistent in the world of games. Creation. Yeah, I've seen it like um, pop up during the intro credits or whatever when you start a game. Yeah, it's it's up there with like Unity technology. Um, they they are the other um, consumer um, game engine. Um, mm -hmm. There's other ones that uh, that specific studios use. Uh, 
there's like Crytek Engine, for instance. Uh, I think it's called CryEngine. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, the Amazon one, which is also a consumer one, though less, the, uh, less used and less commonly known about, called Lumberyard. Right. Um, but yeah, Unreal 5 has just launched the other day. They're, it's been in early access for a couple of months now. And um, yeah, they, they basically just released a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so I don't know if you remember the Matrix demo that came out a little while ago for PlayStation 5 and Xbox One X or whatever it is. It, it rings a bell. Yeah, it was this, it was this beautiful demo which um, really highlighted the like what next gen looks like and it was all done in unreal um ah, right so i wanted to ask like what what benefits are we starting to see like is this basically just a graphics upgrade or like a more complicated artificial intelligence or like a whole a whole slew of things yes yes to both i mean there's right. um the there are a lot more so, so with the Matrix demo, they basically released the full, the full thing open source. So you can go oh, and like cool. take a look at the animation files or see how the game works or like, you know, how they put together all the meshes, how the oh, AI in the awesome. crowd works, yeah, the driving systems. People wow. have already started making like super, I saw like a Superman demo where you like fly around the city um, as Superman because they built <laughs> this whole, you know, massive city to, to drive around it. But now you can fly with this demo. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's just, a really uh, huge news because um well unreal's free anyone can use it right. um and it's yeah so pretty pretty cool stuff um so wait if it's free how do they make money do the publishers have to pay them if they use that engine to make a game um so any it's free for use uh, as long as you aren't making money from the product so oh, I, I think yep, the minute yep. you go over i think it's like ten thousand dollars or something like that in in revenue i think they start taking a chunk right i see um, yeah yeah they, they've become super prominent ever since fortnite happened so fortnite basically afforded epic the ability to do a whole slew of different things um mm. they have like mega grants um they actually gave a mega grant to the studio that i work at many years ago when they were first getting started oh right um yeah they just sent the demo um of the game to epic and they were like here have twenty thousand dollars just just have it you know no questions asked we're like what you're doing have some money no shit yeah and so they're, they're still doing things like that you can apply for mega grants and they will send they'll send you money they just have surplus of money because of um under uh, because of um Fortnite, cool. and the money keeps keeps flowing and they keep doing these great philanthropist things and um hopefully um hopefully unreal 5 turns out some really cool games and um and yeah so yeah, that's the second piece of news. And the final piece of news, which we, which I already mentioned at the start, I think, is that Artful Escape, the game that I helped make uh, last year, yeah. won a BAFTA. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Returnal won Best Game. Oh that's my Baptist. god. That's, that's another game that I'm just so excited for. Yeah, Returnal is sick. S speaking, uh. speaking of difficulty, like, you know, when I hear a game is, is too hard or really hard, I'm like, yes, that is... That is my that is my flavor. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I, every time I hear about Returnal, I want to play it again. It's such a <laughs> it was such a great game. Sick. Want to finish it? Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, there's a, there's a co-op mode now, so that's even better. I will oh definitely be chomping on that at some stage. Yeah, loving. I mean, that's 
that's that's another topic for another time. But <laughs> I'd love to do just like a co-op thing because yeah. local local co-op is just like one of the best feelings you can have when you play a game. Yeah. Like, it just, I don't know, there's something so special about fucking around with someone on the couch right next to you. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I, I miss it, man. I miss that those vibes. Mm, I feel like it was yeah. a big part of my life a while ago, and now I don't don't play too many co-op uh, couch games anymore. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, man. That's that's the show. Do you have any closing remarks? Uh, yeah. No, I don't really. I'm just so glad that if people have made it this far, that they've put up with our uh, hangover shenanigans. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. It's... Maybe I've got the rose tinted glasses on, but I think we actually stayed on topic for a good forty five minutes there. <laughs> oh man. Alright, I'm I'm glad then. I'm glad. Yeah. I guess yeah. I guess we'll see you all when it's almost the weekend again. Bye bye.